Benj. Uh, cool, great to be here. Uh, I'm Peter Murden, as Benj just said. And uh, so Digital Church Toolkit is, um, it's a digital services and training agency for churches and ministries. So we do everything from a free podcast all the way up to some organizations like outsource their entire kind of social media to us. But we kind of aware that churches have a unique set of needs that maybe a kind of standard agency or even freelancers just aren't set up to kind of serve effectively. But we, um, me and my business partner, Josh, uh, we, both of us have been freelance for quite a long time. We both went to three years at a ministry school over in the States, and both of us have kind of grown up in the church, served at various levels, so Amanda Carr is in the corner. I started out my social media experience running the MySpace page for the youth group for the church that Amanda works at uh, when I was about 14, which is much long ago than I care to admit, and so, as you can see from my hairline, and so... Um, we have been, we've done a whole bunch of different stuff and really our heart is to serve, equip churches and ministries, do digital well. Um, so, and in your goodie bag, so as part of that, we're just aware that some people just don't want to outsource, like they're never going to come to us to run their social media. Some of that's cost, some of that is, um, some of that's just values, like churches, you need your people to be running your stuff, I and mean, that's, that's kind of part of building church, isn't it? So we're aware of that, but at the same time, a lot of the time, the person when comes in your church, whether that's you as the leader, whether that is you as a staff member or you as a volunteer, you're the best person in your environment at it, but you still could be better. And so we wanted, we very quickly started doing training and we used to do that training in person. So a church would ask us, hey, can you do some training? We'll say, yes, this is our day rate, we'll come and do the training. We then got busy, our day rate got more, and basically the churches that needed the training could no longer afford our day rates. So (laughs) we had a bit of a problem, (laughs) so we put it all online. So we, uh, about two weeks ago, we launched an e-course called Church Social Media Made Simple, and all of you are getting 20% off that course. Uh, I tried to give it to you for free, but my business partner wouldn't let me. Uh, So um, you have got, so that is £10 off it, so it's normally £49, it is £39.99 for you, and you've got the kind of details for that in your flat. And so that really is, if you are, after today, saying, I... Uh, I don't know what what we. I actually know what to do. Like I don't actually know what this is like. How this looks in our context. You might be doing something, but you know you could be more strategic and thoughtful about it. Again, that course is going to make it simple. So, um, Finn is. Is, I'll intro Finn in a bit, but Finn is a comms manager at a church, a uh, little bit more advanced than most places, but he proofed it for us. So he kind of checked it, quality controlled it after it was all produced. And he said, I find this even useful in our context. So I'm confident whatever yours is, that'll be helpful for you. So there's that. We then also have something called the Training Tribe, which is ongoing training and support. It's £9 a month. Uh, Again, you've got 20% off that. So I think it's like what's the maths on that? £7.20 a month for you. And that is cheaper than Netflix. That is cheaper than Spotify. That is cheaper than whatever else you'll subscribe to. Um, Cheaper than Times Online. So you should all subscribe to that. And the reality is we're keeping up with the trends so you don't have to. You know, it is changing all the time. So that is £7.20 a month. You can join it. 
and I'm done with talking about us. So, um, in I'm confident that you guys are, um, you're convinced that digital is something you need to be doing. So I'm not going to spend too long on this, but let's just kind of run over the stats, which is in the UK, there are 45 million active users on social media, <laughs> and each of them is spending uh, three hours on average on social media a day. Now, this... <laughs> Up until about half an hour ago, we had an old version of this, which was like two years old data, and it was uh, like 28 million and like two hours every day. So you can see it, social media use is not going down, social media use is going up. And in short, that means that people's attention is on digital. That's where people's attention is. So... Um, Again, the church I grew up at, I remember it vividly, we did a whole bunch of um, ads on the side of a road, uh, quite a well-busy road, and it, um, they were quite good ads. That was quite a long time ago, probably about 15, 20 years ago. And why did that work? That worked because people's attention was looking at the billboards on the side of the road. They were driving, they were bored, they would look at what was on the side of the road, hopefully still looking at the road. The problem is, is that's kind of now like a saturated market. So your billboards, if you can tell me the last time you remember a billboard you went past, I might be surprised. Um, people mute, my sister mutes the TV ads. Do you, who else mutes their TV ads? Yeah, so TV cards come on, you, you put them on mute, or you just turn them off, or you fast forward them, or you don't have them because you're watching Netflix. So people's attention isn't in the old places. Newspaper, who's the last time they read their local newspaper? I, honestly, my mum was reading it the other day, and I'm like, what are you doing? Um, it's full of ads because no one's reading it. So the reality is, is people's attention has shifted, and it's shifted to digital. Like, it's shifted to social media. And that gives the church a unique opportunity. Because my suspicion is, is that almost ch all churches in this room could not have afforded a TV ad. My suspicion is, is that almost all churches in this room could not have afforded an ad on Heat FM. That was not something that was within inside your budgets. But all of you are doing something on social because you're in this room. So you suddenly, the playing field has been evened out. Um, and it has meant that you are now able to grab people's attention where it is. And that is really good because the church is a giving organization. We, we, we exist to give. <laughs> that, that's, that's, I'm not going to preach to the choir, but that is like why we exist. And so the reality is, is every single, if you go to a digital event, a corporate digital event for, um, someone mentioned Gary Vee. Gary Vee is a consulting to 41, um, FTSE, 500 companies in the States, and he will talk about giving. He'll talk about giving people value online, and for a big bank or for a big corporate organization, they have to change the very fabric of their organization to keep up with that because giving and giving value like, isn't their highest priority. The bottom line is the highest priority. But for the church, the bottom line shouldn't be the highest priority. Giving value should be the highest priority. And that's the stuff that works on digital. And so that means that we are, um, we should be, <laughs> we should be perfectly set up to be able to give people value. 
My other suspicion is, is that in all our churches, the gospel is being preached and lives are being changed. That's what's happening in our churches. Up and down the country, there are, week in, week out, lives are being transformed. You know, um, people, people are being reached, people are being discipled, lives are being changed, and that's happening. And so we have to work out, how do we do that on digital? Digital can't be the thing you bolt on to your church. So we have youth here, we have kids here, we have admin here, and we have social media here. It, it will never work that way. It only works, and uh, Mark Crosby was saying this to us in lunch, it only works if, it, if it's at the top of the organization and then it filters down through all those departments and then comes out the other end. It has to be part of your thinking process. It has to be kind of built in to your organization because then the stuff you're doing already, oh, I just did something. What did I do? Oh, there we go. So, the stuff that you're doing already, if you could work out how to do it digitally, if you can work out how do you, the, the lives that you're impacting, the lives that you're changing, the stuff you're doing, the ministry that you're doing, week in, week out, offline, if you can work out a way how to do that online, you'll see the same impact, the same lives changed that you're seeing week in, week out. And so... Our plan for our session is to um, talk us through four different examples, and they're going to be four different sized churches. So a church, I'm pretty confident this is what Finn's going to do, a church of 50, a church of maybe 100 to 200, a church maybe of three to 500, then a church maybe of 1,000 plus. Um, and our hope is, is that what we do is we, we help you understand that you don't need to look at a Hillsong or Bethel, or HTB. I love those places. I gave three years of my life to Bethel. I uh, am in a HTB church plant. I love those places. But please don't look at those organizations, at those churches, and just copy or think you've got to be like them. You know, if I was to open a coffee shop tomorrow, I would not go, how does Starbucks do it? For two reasons. One, their coffee's awful. Second, <laughs> um, I'm not Starbucks. I don't have the budget. I don't have the brand. I don't, I don't, I'm not them. So don't look at the big boys, so to speak, and try and just copy what they're doing um, because it's not going to work because you're not them. You don't have their resource. You don't have those people. Like, you're just not, like, like and God doesn't want you to be them. Like, that's not your calling. Be you. And so our hope is, is that talking us through those different contexts will help you understand you where you're at and what you can do. And we'll also help you um, look a little bit beyond where you're at. So say you're a church of, you're okay, okay, we're doing what that church, like example one are doing, maybe we could reach to example two. And that's real our hope. So uh, Finn is going to join us now. Finn is our head of local church partnerships. And uh, he has been a great asset to our team. He is a church comms manager doing it week in, week out. I'll let him intro himself, but uh, he is going to smash it. Thanks. Um, yeah, so as Peter said, uh, I work uh, two days a week for a church in Suffolk. Actually, do you know what? This is the session after lunch. Let's do something fun. Can everyone, if you're able to, can you stand for me? Um, I, this is just literally, this is not in my notes. This is just for my own enjoyment. Um, so I know that a lot of you have traveled a long distance to come here today. So I've come from Suffolk. That's about a two-hour drive. Uh, so I was up at, uh, when was I up? Half five, my alarm went off this morning. So my question is, who was up the earliest? I just want to find out. So if you woke up at 7 p.m. or later, Please sit down. Oh, 7 a.m., sorry, or later. Thank you. Thank you for checking that. 7 a.m. or later, please sit down. 
Okay, okay. These are the guys I hope that live just a bit closer. About s Let's go back half an hour. What have you got up at 6.30? Okay, we're losing a few people. About 6 a.m.? Okay, what about 5.30? Okay, hey, we've got the hardcore elite left. Okay, who got up at 5 a.m.? Oh my, oh my gosh, you guys are mental. Let's, right, you just all get a round of applause. Round of, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Wow, that's awesome. Um, we've heard some amazing stuff already today. So much of what I have in my notes has already been said, so I'm not going to gloss over the same stuff again. Um, there'd be maybe bits I'm going to emphasize, um, but yeah, I am going to just rapidly go through this. So my first point was going to be stop the scroll. We've already heard that, um, but I think that's really important. Uh, I think uh, for me, with the way we talk about that in the church context that I'm from, um, we've got, we kind of use a three-prong approach to that. Uh, and we relate that to the Trinity. So we see God the creator, and we think we should be creative in how we stop the scroll. We see... Uh we want to see Jesus as a disruptor. So many times, Jesus, when he turned up in locations, he would say, you've heard it said, but I tell you. He would flip things on its head. He would turn it around from what they expected. Jesus disrupted people in a really good way. And so I think we need to be doing that as well. At times, we have the tendency to push this maybe a little bit too far. And you all know what I'm talking about. We've all seen it. We've seen it on other people's channels, maybe not so much on our own. I don't know. Uh, but uh, so I think the next point is that we should be provocative. But when I say provocative, I mean it in the same way that the Holy Spirit provokes us. So what I mean by that is that we move people, we guide people from one point to another. We help people make good decisions, wise decisions. And we've, again, we've already heard about it. Ben was talking about it earlier, uh, about helping people uh, take next steps and develop them. Um, so we also want to build conversation. Uh, we want to start conversation with people. Again, we've heard it. I am a massive Nona Jones fanboy. So hearing her talk earlier, I was loving it. Um, I, it's one of those things where I've watched most stuff she's put out there. So I'd heard a lot of it before. But yeah, the, the clarity she brings around this stuff is awesome, particularly around, obviously, Facebook groups. Um, but yeah, just building conversation around our content is so important. Uh, and we've heard it already, but so often with churches, we get this so wrong, where we just act like a megaphone. We just... and it. I think for me, the main point, if you can get nothing else from this social media talk, is we need to, as churches, we need to put the social back into social media. I think that's so important. Um, too often, we just don't, we, it's weird the way we operate online. It's, we would never do it in real life. We would never walk up to someone we just met and just start shouting stuff that we've got going on at our church. It just, we would never do it. We stop, we pause, we ask questions, we want to get to know them, we build conversation, we build relationship. It's so important. We know it in everyday life. Um, but for some reason, it comes to social media and we, all we do is just kind of spout information through a megaphone when it should be much more like a telephone, like a conversation. Uh, so build genuine community I've put on there. And I've also said be proactive. So I think churches are quite good at being reactive. So if someone drops a comment on a post we put on social media, we will respond to it. That's great. And we should be doing that. And we should be doing it more. And as Nona said, actually, if we can just say more than just kind of shutting that down and being like, cheers, thanks for commenting, that's great. If we can actually be asking them questions of like, hey, how did you even find us? You don't actually come to our church. We'd love to get to know you a bit more. Oh, you live in that place. We know someone else lives there. Can I like link you two guys up? That sort of stuff is amazing. Um, but what I'm talking about being proactive is like, again, use our social media channels. If you're operating as your church, as your ministry, use that as if you were a real person, because <laughs> you are. Um, so, um, and Nona spoke about it a bit. 
but uh, if there's local uh, establishments that you follow, maybe people, um, I think it was uh, Ben actually said about, you know, there's a coffee shop down the road and you've walked past it and you're like, hey man, that coffee smells great, I think was the example you gave. If, you know, people have won awards, congratulate them, like be a real person, support your community, champion others, um, I think that's so important, uh, and look for opportunities. Um, if you're in a city or a built-up area, hands up how many people that would actually be? Is that, okay, that's quite a few. Um, there's something you can do on Twitter, which for some reason I don't think anyone seems to really know about. Uh, on Twitter you can search hashtags and you can search them by location. Um, I think that's massive and it's so cool because what you can do is anyone who posts on a certain subject, you can find them. So you can say, search the hashtag moving day and you can find people in your, in your city that are, had put a post out with the hashtag moving day and what they've done, uh, they've let you know that they're about to move and so you can step into that conversation and be like, hey, great to you moving into our city, um, we'd love to link you up if you're looking for a church, we're just around the corner from where you are, um, can we help you move even if you've got that sort of ability to help them practically in that way. Um, you can do with a whole range of stuff, you know, if they put like hashtag morning or they're going through like a difficult time, you can be the arm that reaches out and supports them, so be proactive. Um, and then this next little emoji, the fire one, is all about stimulating spiritual growth. We've already kind of touched on it, um, but I think, again, let's not just post Bible verses and hope that we've done that and we've ticked the box and they've read their Bible for the day and that's awesome. Like, don't get me wrong, I think there's a time and a place, but I actually think stimulating that uh, in, a, in a better way, um, and we've already referenced them as well, Brady Shearer, Pro Church Tools. Um, how would your church operate if your groups and your Sunday service didn't exist? And I think that's a really good challenge for us when we're looking at social media. Like, how would we teach people about who Jesus was if Sundays and our physical touch didn't exist? Um, so, as Peter said, we want to give you a bit of a practical overview because we get that actually you might be sat there and in this room there's probably a vast array of denominations, sizes of churches. And so, we want to give a real quick overview. Now, these are by no means cut and dry. And I know, uh, as some people have already said, that actually the most important thing you can do is be relevant to the community that you are part of. Um, so look at your analytics. It's completely free to do that. Most of the social networks will push you towards that. So look at it and find out what resonates with your audience, with your people. Um, so example one. So this we've called uh, small church. So this is an attendance of probably less than 100. And you probably have no staff hours put towards social media. So... We're suggesting if you can do only a couple of things, and we've already heard, if you can only, don't do loads of things da like badly. Don't do lots of things a little bit. Pick a lane, do it well. So, you know, meet your people uh, and pastor them well, as it were, through that. Um, so I'm not going to talk about email newsletter. I could talk about that and website for a long time, but they're not social media, so I'm not talking about them today. Um, if you can only do one thing, my suggestion is do Instagram. But you need to apply that to your own context. Uh, the reason I'd say that is because it's visual, it's easy to build content, and it's easy to build conversation around that content. Um, you all have this thing in your pocket. Actually, I love doing this as well whenever I make this point. Anyone, put your hand up if you don't have a smartphone. Right, okay, case closed. Um, so you all have a smartphone in your pocket, um, which is more than capable of taking phenomenal photos that will more than serve the purpose of Instagram. Now, there is a time and a place. Instagram is all about beautiful images. So if you've got the opportunity to get a photography team around that, to get an SLR involved, do it, absolutely. But your phone will more than serve the purpose um, where you can build conversation and you can engage a younger demographic through Instagram. At the moment, this, all the stats for Instagram skew younger. Most churches I speak to are not saying we really need a load more like older generation, retirees in our congregation, they're all crying out for the next, the younger generation. So this is a key way you could do it. So if you can do anything, just do Instagram. 
Um, I know the question you'll probably have around that is like, well, what do we post? And I think one thing you could look at, um, off the top of my head, a really great, a lot of you will follow Humans of New York. Does anyone follow that? It's like an amazing Instagram feed. Um, they literally, they started out in New York, <laughs> the, the name's right there, uh, and they just literally told people stories. And if you can tell people stories in your church, like you know the power of testimony, because in your churches, I know each and every week or you know, on baptism weeks, you're telling people's story of how they found faith. So like tell stories through Instagram. So take their photo with your smartphone, tell their story in the captions. It's engaging, it's arresting, it draws people in. We all love to hear the difference that Jesus is making in people's lives. And I genuinely think it's an amazing way to at least start a channel. So example two, I've called Medium Church. This is kind of 100 to 200 average Sunday attendance. Maybe you might have part-time staff hours towards this. You might not. Um, So from here, I've kind of made a bit of a bigger jump. Um, So if you're doing Instagram already and you kind of feel like you're nailing that relatively well, um, I would look to do YouTube YouTube number one is where I would go next. Uh, I'm not going to talk a lot about YouTube because Joseph's come and speak about that in a bit later. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> He's still awake. That's excellent. Um, uh, and then I'd look at Facebook. Again, I'm not really going to talk a lot about Facebook, only just because known has just like smashed it. Like, Use your page. Use it well. Build conversation, but actually use groups as well. Um, does anyone, because I was just chatting about this over lunch, does anyone run groups for their church because I was amazed to hear you do it that's awesome anyone else use groups Facebook groups sorry for their church okay that's cool that's really interesting I just like for me I don't come across many churches in the UK that use Facebook groups we tend to use like WhatsApp and stuff like that we you know we want to build a community there but we don't tend to use Facebook it's just interesting um uh, yeah, have I covered everything there? Yes, I have. So I'm going to jump on to example three. So this is probably attendance of like 200 to 800 on a Sunday. You might have like an equivalent of full-time staff hours. That might be a couple of kind of part-time people. I don't know. Um, so if you get to that stage, I would then suggest you start looking at stuff like Twitter. Um, if you're using YouTube, I would also... So first stage YouTube... Sorry, Joseph. I'm sorry to touch on this. Uh, just like take your um, sermon from Sunday, put it up online. Awesome, great job, job done. You're creating that content anyway. It's no more work, you're just capturing it. You've got a phone, it doesn't need to be done to a high end. If it can, great. But you can just literally put a tripod up, put a phone in it, you've got your content. The trouble with that is, it's long format. It's like 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Some of the churches I go to, 50 minutes, an hour. To, yeah, it could go on forever. Sometimes you're there till Monday. Um, but I think what you need to be doing with that content is breaking it down into useful content. Uh, there's a guy uh, at North Point called Dave Adamson. If you uh, have any interest in YouTube, look him up. Like He's just giving out loads of free, amazing information about it. Um, yeah, loads of groups and, and resources. He has a little phrase called repurpose on purpose. Uh, and so basically he's saying, take the content you're already making. Churches are content generation machines. We are churning it out every Sunday. You're probably doing something for your kids. You're probably doing something for young people. You're probably doing something for adults. Like if you can chuck that, you know, if you can chop that up into more bite-sized chunks, if you can make a four-minute video where you take the best four minutes of that sermon from Sunday and put it on YouTube, it's way more digestible for people. You will reach people outside of your church way more easily in that format. People who are not even warm to faith, who are very cold to faith, are not going to sit and watch a 40-minute preach. It's just not going to happen. But they might watch a five-minute video, particularly if it's based around a useful subject, maybe parenting, maybe, um, I don't know, adultery. I don't know. You know. Pick a subject, pick something that's like relevant, that was going to hit at people, um, and chuck it into smaller content. Uh, 
Sorry, I'm rapidly running through these. Uh, yeah, so Instagram, by this point, if you're this kind of size church, I would be suggesting maybe we're looking into different ministry pages. So not only having one central one for your church, but also uh, maybe looking at maybe running a youth one particularly. Um, your content, particularly on Facebook, I'd be looking if you're this kind of size church, like at least every other day, probably every day, you'd be posting something. Um, that's quite a high bar, I get that. Um, but that's kind of the, would be my suggestion around that. Um, and Twitter, this would be the stage where I'd definitely be looking to use Twitter to uh, look locally. Twitter um, is definitely kind of dropping off, I think, and I totally resonate with some of the stuff that Ben was saying at the start. Um, we're really questioning whether we use it as a church at the moment. Um, it's just not really, it's not really working how it used to. Um, the area where Twitter stands apart for me is it's, it feels most like a kind of 24-7 news, like you know when you watch like BBC News 24 and it's just like constant stream of news? That's kind of how Twitter feels to me. It's, it's this kind of really content, constant, almost like live feed of what's going on. If you can do that well, I think there's real legs in Twitter, but I don't see many churches, particularly in the UK, doing that well. But for example, if you were using that on a Sunday to kind of cover almost like a 12-hour peri period from when people wake up to when they go to bed on a Sunday, and you were just giving them loads of useful content throughout the day, if you've got the resources to do that, I think there's real legs in it, but... Most of us don't have that, so um, that's the reality. I'm going to jump to my example four, which is a mega church. Um, so hopefully throughout all this, like wherever you would pitch yourself on this scale, so maybe you're a size one church, you're like less than 100 people, this is like real new stuff for you. Maybe you're a level four uh, and you've got like multiple thousands. I hope there's like an aspirational element to this where you can be looking, if you say we're a number one church, let's look at what number two is doing and like is there something elements of that where we could step it up and could that actually help us to see growth numerically within our church, um, spiritually within our, our church. Uh, number four. This is kind of, for me, the area where we're, uh, you know, you're really punching. <laughs> uh, you're going way above and beyond where most people would go to. Um, I've put some other stuff up there to begin with, but I'm going to obviously focus on the social media side of things. Um, YouTube, by this point, definitely repurposing on purpose. Lots of um, short form, medium form, then long form content. Curated content, um, and I would put that into playlists. So maybe you um, let um, your youth go crazy on your YouTube channel, and they post every week. They're going to post a video, and that goes into a youth playlist. Um, so lots of curated content that's aimed at different demographics, different age groups. Um, Instagram. Um, how many, uh, do many of you use live on Instagram and on Facebook? Because the algorithms and everything based around that is so positive. So if you can use the live elements of these um, platforms, use it. Like, uh, all the platforms favor it. They're all trying to push us to think live. And that takes, again, another level of thinking because you've got to build strategy around it. You've got to think about, okay, who can I put in front of a camera live that I know isn't going to swear, isn't going to say the wrong thing, doesn't need eight takes to get that thing right. Uh, so you're going to need to think about it. Uh, but if you can do it, if you're that kind of size church, like you've probably got the resources, the ability to do something. And so to go live, I just think, is an awesome way um, forwards. Um, uh, Oh, yeah, and then I'll put at the end there, TikTok. I would probably choose, include Snapchat with that, but again, Snapchat kind of just seems on the down at the moment. It's just kind of slumping into nothingness. Um, they might turn that around, who knows? <laughs> Sorry, Snapchat. <laughs> uh, TikTok is really exciting. I really like TikTok. I think um, if you, again, it's... It's quite juvenile. It's quite young. So again, uh, but so for me, I would want to be enabling my youth. I would want to be enabling them to use that well. I want to be giving that to my youth leaders uh, and trying to help them uh, do that well. Um, 
I will just talk very quickly about live streaming, because I've kind of mentioned that throughout, but haven't really picked up on it because it's not social media. But a lot of you, if you do live streaming, will push it through your social media. So you might use Facebook Live in order to stream. Um, and again, that's a great way of using live content. You'd have to think about your audio with that. And that's where you might need a little bit more uh, of an in-depth um, setup. But um, actually, yeah, on a personal note, you guys can maybe like be praying for me because I've just submitted yesterday to my uh, church leadership um, a new strategy for how we do live stream. Um, and so uh, at the moment on our Sunday morning service, we do a morning service and then we acknowledge that there's people watching online. So we have a live stream and we you know at the start we welcome those live stream people and we kind of keep that in the back of our minds. I'm proposing we kind of flip that mentality and that we do everything based on the live um, digital audience and that we then just kind of keep the people in the room in the back of our mind, um, which is a big shift for us and it's probably a big shift for a lot of churches. Um, but for me, again, there's, there's ways we could be thinking about this where um, we're pushing the boundaries, where we're thinking differently um, about uh, how we use the digital platforms that we have available to us. Um, have I covered everything there? Yes, I have. I'm going to invite Peter back up. Um, so yeah, I hope that helps. Um, and there's kind of this kind of scale there of different churches. Um, yeah, and hopefully for each of you, you can kind of judge whereabouts roughly you would be on that scale from one to four, and gives you a bit of an idea of maybe what some good next steps are going forwards. Cool. Thanks, Ben. Um, so I know, and I know the holidays like it. It's so difficult. We do like full day workshops. So what we've just done in like half an hour, we can spread out over, we did a three day event two, weekend, two weeks ago. We could spread out over five hours. I mean, all of us could probably spread our content out over much long periods of time. And so I know a lot of what Finn was doing there was earmarking stuff, kind of pointing you in places of direction and kind of briefly saying something in 10 seconds, which you could talk about. You could build a whole e-course on if you really wanted. So, um, I'm just going to try and sum up with a few points to more to frame our thinking around some of this stuff. Uh, so my first point, uh, I actually wrote them down. I should probably go to my notes, shouldn't I? Um, and then your note app doesn't load. See, so here's the problem with digital. If I had a notebook, see, that didn't save them. Okay, so this is my first thing I'm going to say. Do something. Like, something is so much better than nothing. One is so much better than zero. Um, but do something that's inconsistent with the vision, the values of your church. So, you know, all every church has a unique calling, a unique setup in a unique context. And so some of the stuff we talked about isn't going to work for you. However, there's another button, a however here. Most churches are led by people who don't understand digital. And that's, that's an, usually to do with an age thing. So I'm 26 years old. My sister is 10 years younger than me, and there's a huge difference between me and Lucy. Here's the major difference. Lucy doesn't know a pre-Facebook world. I mean, like, Facebook's 15 years old this year. She's 18 years old this year. So Facebook's been around since she was three years old. She does not remember a time without social media. I do. I, like, like, I, I, I remember when Facebook first came out in the UK. I remember when Snapchat was launched. I remember when Instagram was launched. There's a difference between how we think. Imagine the difference between me. So my dad is probably about the same age as a lot of church leaders. He's like in his 50s. Like he, he remembers a pre-computer world, let alone a pre-social media world. And that difference means people's thinking is different about social. So the minute you say to somebody, um, usually a 50-year-old man, who doesn't 
um, who, who can remember a pre-computer world. So they're just about getting, like, they're really good at PowerPoint. Like, they produce some fantastic PowerPoints. And I don't, I'm really not, I'm not saying that in a, in like a rude way. I just mean their PowerPoints are really good. When you say to them, hey, like, why don't we do this thing called Facebook Live? They're like, what? They're like, people on the internet could watch me say something and I could go, it could go wrong. But let's flip that. Those same people get on a stage every single week in front of hundreds of people and they do it live. <laughs> they do it live and we've all been in church meetings when stuff's gone wrong. We've all been in church meetings and let's not tell the stories, but we all have the stories. So the reality is, is those people are actually doing those things week in, week out. And what your job is, is to help them understand how can we do what we're doing, but how do we do it digitally? The second, the second thing I'll, I'll say to sum up is um, think about the content you're already creating. And the prime example is every single church in the UK is having a sermon every single week. I mean, that is happening week in, week out. There's probably a sermon uh, happening in a youth meeting, and there's probably some form of talk happening in a kids' meeting at least once a week. For some of us, there's a midweek stuff going on. You know, you'll have a prayer meeting. You might have a Bible study. You ha those, that is content. <laughs> that is being produced, and the question then is, how do we creatively turn that into cont content on digital? Because we do not want our social media feeds to simply be a digital notice board. Hey, come to our event. Hey, come to our event. Hey, we've got church on Sunday. Hey, we've got youth on Friday. Hey, we've got a prayer meeting tonight. Hey, we've got this. Hey, come to this, come to that. The reality is, your people know about them because they get your weekly email and they hopefully listen to your notices on a Sunday, and the people that aren't in your church, they don't care. <laughs> like, that's the reality. They don't care yet. Let, let me say it that way. They don't care yet. But you have content that is life-giving. Why is it life-giving? Because it's giving life to your people week in, week out. And so if you were to put that online in whatever format, whether that was TikTok, Facebook, live stream, however you choose to do it, you're going to be giving life to people way before they turn into your doors.